bringing it to them all day. All day. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah. Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk for our special Orioles draft edition. Josh, I'm do gl- you have your pitchfork behind there somewhere? <laughs> you know, I'm glad that they moved the draft and rearranged everything to do it on our normal Wednesday nights. So we didn't yes. have to squeeze in a special episode. Uh, we were already planning to get together and talk Orioles. And props to the MLB for having the 30th pick of the draft come uh, at about 10 o'clock. Uh, so what? that's cool. Yeah. And I want to do a little bit of that when we get into the show, a little comparison of football drafts versus baseball drafts. Because uh, baseball definitely took a lot of cues from football this year. And also, I am over the whole virtual no one being in studios together and everything i'm tired of regular tv looking like podcasts you know yeah just go to florida and do the show normal right right do something go to fight island and broadcast from there if you need to join dana white all right matt yeah yeah uh today's show before we get rolling is brought to you again by manscaped okay all right, Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically with Father's Day right around the corner. You probably need a gift for Dad. So make your dad proud and get yourself a Manscaped. Did you get your Manscaped in, Matt? I, I did. I did. It's it's very fancy. It's all beautiful packaging. That's what I, it's I, very nice. I thought it was very fancy. And oh, did you try it out? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. What do you think of the product? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll try, and I'm not, I'm not one to, to use any type of male grooming uh, besides on my face. And so this is a new experience to me, um, but I'll, I'll try anything once. And so, right. so I, it, was, it was fine. Um, it was, they, I think they did really good instructions um, mixed with good humor Yeah, so we got... um, for us newbies. So if you're, not, if, if you're not like me, if you're not experienced in this arena... Uh, they, they walk you through it and hold your hand through it with a couple jokes. Yeah. So we, we got the perfect package 3.0, uh, which comes with the lawnmower 3.0, which I guess is their new blade, which I will tell you, uh, my favorite thing of this is I, is it's got a little light on the razor. Mm -hmm. And I think I wish as someone who's been, thanks to the quarantine, cutting my own like hair and my head Mm -hmm. and having Mandy cut it for me, I wish they made a, a, a clippers for your hair, for the top of your head, because uh, it does a really good job. And as they say in the uh, stuff, it's uh, it's skin safe. Thankfully, I don't know about you. I haven't had to test that, but apparently it will not break your skin. Uh, well, I was getting pretty close to my skin, and I felt very comfortable. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I again, just like you, I figure the millennial. I've joined the millennials with the skinny jeans. I'll see what the millennials think about this. So uh, go on in, get Manscaped. Use the code Birdland. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIRDLAND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BIRDLAND. It's dad bod season and time to get smooth. So for the next month, you get to hear us do some awkward uh, commercials about Manscaped, but you should jump on and order. It helps out the show, and it's not too badly priced. I hopped on, Matt, and I did order the Weed Whacker, which is the nose and ear trimmer. And okay. I, it's uh, 30 bucks. I used my 20% off Birdland and got saved $6. So. Yeah, yeah. There was also a t-shirt in there with the, the slogan, your balls will thank you. Yeah. And I'm, that's... I'm waiting for like a, an anniversary dinner with my wife or something to bust that t-shirt out. She's not, her humor will not appreciate that at all. But her lack of appreciation for that being funny for like an anniversary meal or something will make me laugh and make me really happy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna bust that out. I'm not a. Uh, I I'm, I know it's on here somewhere on the copy as well, where it says your balls will ha- will thank you. Yeah, I'm not I, into all the uh, innuendo, and I will not. I I've got the balls will thank you T-shirt, but I've got three daughters, and I really don't want to wear a shirt that says my balls will thank you. Yeah, so I and, haven't and, found the the right way to wear that shirt yet. Yeah, and I think it's a really good product obviously but but my ball has never thanked me at any point in this whole process <laughs> right not yet you're using it wrong if your balls haven't okay. thanked you okay am i using it wrong okay i'm gonna try a couple different moves later and see if they thank me all right all right all right well let's get to some baseball now that we uh again use manscaped we love it i'm actually i'm very impressed with the product so hop on yeah. And, uh, and it, Me too. it'd be awesome if you guys would use the code BIRDLAND to help us out a lot as we uh, adjust and get through life without baseball. But uh, Rob Manfred said today, baseball will be 100% played in 2020. You believe him? Yeah, yeah. I think there may be like 10 games, but I, I believe well, the, that baseball the, will be played. The minimum is 50, right? 50 is the minimum. I don't know. We had a conversation, Josh, two weeks ago where we said the minimum was like 82. <laughs> well, and, yeah, now, and, now, and now we're talking about, you know, 50. At, at some how, point, it's going to make the NBA. Let's just do extended playoffs. It's just going to be one long playoffs. How long is the World Baseball Classic? At what point do you just do the World Baseball Classic style? Like, hey, we're having baseball, and it's two weeks of playoff-style baseball. And yeah, and I, Sorry, I, Orioles. You might get knocked out in the first round and have a total of five games you play. Yeah, and I, and I hate starting like this because I want to start about the positive and the and the Orioles just became a better baseball team tonight by adding talent to 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 their team. Yeah, um, but it's it's this whole thing with the owners and players, billionaires fighting against mil- millionaires. I find infuriating, and I just want them like what players want one hundred percent, owners want them seventy five percent. How about you just compromise and do like halfway in between seventy five and. And a hundred, like, yeah. like what, what is that? Like 87 percent. Like, let's just do that and play baseball. It's not that hard, people. And it's this a, is dumb because it's not because of the medical stuff right now. It's, it's the financial stuff, right. and that's what ticks me off. And there's a bunch of rich people fighting. Uh, I feel bad for whoever this guy. I've got the draft on, and they're wrapping up. And the Rays just drafted someone. And total dad move. His dad is there with his phone out, taking a picture of like the TV screen while his son is drafted. With the flash on, like the in like flashlight mm. mode, and totally nice. something I know our dad does regularly. Excellently having that flashlight on, yeah, uh, dad move. 
but it it's totally sucks to see baseball rich uh, basically a bunch of rich people that have more money than most of us will ever make in our lives total they've got yeah. in their bank account right now fighting when there's so much other stuff going on in the world that's that's more important yeah. um we got and, and and they're so and the players annoy me i think just because they're out there more about their outrage of i would not even consider that, like i can't even i won't even consider this deal this deal is so outrageous i won't even look at it like dude it's called a negotiation right Obviously, you don't agree with the proposal because they're coming at it from a different angle. So you counter-proposal. You have a conversation. You don't go on social media and say, ah, oh, we can't do this. This is outrageous. Like, chill. I, Put in your big boy pants and negotiate. I think it's a great time where we can all just look and say unions are bad. Are you part of a teacher's union? Uh, listen, that's a little bit of a, of a, <laughs> of a touchy area. Okay. I don't want to go there. But but te- teacher's unions um, yeah, are, 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 are strong. Are you part of the teacher's union? Do, well, Josh, I, that's none of your business. You're not. You're not. You're not part of the, anyone. You're not part of the teachers' union. You. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Got it. Got it. Listen, I'm not anti-union, Josh. Like you're trying to paint me to be. Uh huh. I. I <laughs> yeah. I'm anti-union. Okay. I have some issues with unions. Uh, I've. I've had. I have some issues with my particular union, actually, which is why, and I voice my opposition to the, my particular union, but but I have my own particular reasons for that that right. I don't want to get into right I, now. I've had issues with uh, convention center unions before. I've had issues with teachers' unions before. I think we now see the major problems of police unions, and now I've got a big problem with baseball unions. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there's there's some. Truth I got there. some union issues. Yeah, I'm not a cheapskate like some people accuse me of. I pay dues into many English organizations, but no English unions. English organizations, <laughs> but no unions. But no unions. Right. Though you get the benefits. Yeah. So. Um, hey, I've been fighting for years to have teach during, during the summer. And they're like, we're fighting to keep you off from the summer. I'm like, well, I want to teach during the summer. Right, right. You Whatever. want the year-round school. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, I've been a proponent of that. But no, let, let's um, – all right, so let's put that aside. There'll be baseball. Thank you, Rob Manfred, at some point. Yes. Um, for 50 games or – I mean, at this point, it's got to be <laughs> – it's not going to be 80, right? It's got to be – we're looking at 50s, I think. I think we're looking at the 50s. Which is, I don't even know what that means. I guess, how can you, deter- I guess, I don't know. I mean, the Orioles, are, is the next round, is the next year's first number one overall pick going to be based on 50 games? Yes. If that's, if that's the well, case, if, then let's lose every single game. It's just 50 games. No, if it's something like if they play under 82 games, then the Major League Baseball office is allowed to adjust the draft order. Oh, that's good. I'm sure that'll be fair. Right, right. Because um, that always goes well for uh, for the Orioles. You yeah, know, I would. I, I like what the we NBA lose the, does. We lose the All Star game. I like what the NBA does too. I think yeah, the, but, I th- would like to see that in baseball. Yeah, but you're right. Rob Manfred is in charge, and it goes to the ball systems. You know, and and Rob Manfred gives this whole speech where uh-huh. you know the balls will thank you, and <laughs> right, and right. he pulls that he pulls out the balls. Saved. Yep. Yeah, and you know, like the Orioles will probably have like you know two a two to one odds to get the first pick, and they'll end up with the last pick in the draft just yeah. because you know they want to screw the Orioles right, anywhere right. they can. The right. Nationals will probably get the yeah. first overall. No, pick. we didn't stop you from getting the All Star game. No, we didn't. No, we have nothing to do with. The, uh... Yeah, we just skipped the American League this year and went to two not 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 National League teams. Yeah, so the latest offer that they're trying to work out now is at eighty nine games. Okay, that's fine. All right, so, let's talk. We'll see. Let's talk about this draft, though. All right, we just watched it. Um, you want to talk about the draft before we get to the picks? 
Or you want to talk about the picks first? I mean, we, yeah, we can talk about Let's talk about the draft. Okay. All right. I'm tired of these. Set the scene. All right. I'm tired of the virtual and everyone in their uh, homes. I Here's what was different to me that stood out different than the uh, than football. We didn't, like, uh, baseball GMs, their offices are boring. They got, like, nothing. Did you watch the Mike Elias, like, video that they posted, on, Orioles posted online showing his draft room? I watched the, I forget the guy's name, the head scout. I saw All his right. room. No, I saw Mike Elias' room. Mike Elias' room was, it looked like, you know when you're touring, like, uh, houses to buy or whatever, or, like, a new house that has, like, nothing in it? Mm. That's what Mike Elias' office looked like. It was, yeah. like, wood and, like, uh, a desk in the corner with a big monitor, and he pointed to the monitor. And he's like, yeah, that's my monitor. I just bought that when we started working from home. So clearly he spends no time in this office. Yeah, you. I'm surprised. Like, you think he? How much do you think he actually works from home? I would think a lot, you but think apparently so? not. I don't know. If if you worked in like if you worked at Camden Yards, you probably had an office all to yourself. Yeah, like, just go in the office. All your stuff's there. Well, right? and that's my question: is why then would you broadcast like MLB Network from your home? I think because they, they want him to make it look like he's always at his home. Yeah, but why wouldn't you just do it from your office in the warehouse? That's what I'm saying. I bet he hasn't at his house unpacked his stuff yet because he lives at the warehouse. He better at least. I hope, yeah, I hope that's how life goes. But, like, how much cooler would it be if Rob Manfred – not Rob Manfred. If uh, Michael Elias was sitting on Utah Street as he's pick, making these picks. Like, if you can do all these wireless cameras and stuff out of people's homes – Surely you can do a wireless draft board for my guys to work off of anywhere in the world. Why not yeah. have them down on Utah Street? I don't know the weather up in Maryland, but it's June, so it should be decent. Yeah, or at least like get a um, get get a PR crew in his room, like like just just get six hours in the room. They tried to just go crazy with it. They tried. He had a Cal Ripken Jr. bat, and he had like a uh, picture of Brooks. And he had uh, some base a baseball signed by each Hall of Fame member, Orioles Hall of okay. Fame member. So they tried. They okay. got in there with a bunch of little Orioles memorabilia. No bobbleheads. Yeah, nothing. you gotta have bobbleheads. This yeah, is like I liked I liked the Phillies guy because he had like a big Philly fanatic in his office. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you gotta have something in there. And Were then, there children in the, all these GM offices? No, no, no. Because no. NFL loves to put the children no. in. There. But uh. But then the players, when they would announce the players, I guess we're over the whole social distancing in your home. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They yeah. were packed. Yeah, that that, um, that Zach Veen, that outfit, yeah. he was like, yeah, like forty people, people in that room. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of people. Yeah. So that's my takeaways from the. That would uh, be illegal in thirty-four states. And Rob Manfred was clearly on the uh, MLB Network uh, set. He didn't try to do it in his base in his basement like uh, Roger Goodell. Which makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. you've got these sets. Go do it. Like, it's kind of like uh, how like Sunday I worked at the church. I went and ran sound at the church, even though we're not open. But I go and we do like a studio broadcast. So I mix in another room while people are are in the other room performing. And like the the Orioles can do that. All the teams can do it. It makes no sense to be in your home when you can do a much better setup at the office. Yeah, it's 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 this whole thing with appearances, right? They want to look like this is where they always are. But they weren't Dude, worried about no it for the players. They weren't worried. But, about, they didn't warn the players. Hey, look like you're social distancing. Wear masks. Have 
two people have just your parents in the room. Like the NFL yeah. went and told like people to do that. The <laughs> baseball was not. Yeah, so in the NFL, you had people like hiding around the corner. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. Which is kind of cool, yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, all right, let's. But get... I'm, I'm glad it was on ESPN. I'm glad they tried to make it a big production. Yes, because uh, I wish the draft was like that every year. It was way better. I got more into this draft than any other draft prior. Yeah, it was a better broadcast than previous years. It's going to get a big ratings number. Sure, it is because there's nothing else going on in sports. Yep. So it's got to. But all right, you want to get into the Orioles' picks? Oh, so badly. All right, all right. So they took the number two overall pick. You gotta, yeah, make, you gotta it, make me say this guy's name. Is that what you're waiting on? Heston Kerstad. I don't. Do you pronounce the J? I thought it was just Kerstad. You're right. It's Kerstad. Heston Kerstad. Heston Kerstad. Right. So number two yeah. overall, not a guy that uh, was projected to be number two overall. Not, I saw him ranked between 7 and, like, 12 in that yeah, range. Yeah, I saw him at 10 on a few things is where I saw him. Fangraphs had him at 7. I think that was the yeah. highest. So I saw Orioles Twitter tonight kind of freaking out when this happened, when it yeah. wasn't uh, Aston Martin, Austin Martin. Yep, Austin Martin was the favorite who actually dropped yeah. down or, to 5 with the Blue Jays. Or right? Veen, or... Um, or my guy was Asa Lacey. Lacey. That was my guy. The was pitcher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So none of the guys, basically none of the guys that we've been talking about for three and four months. Uh, so all right, so what are your thoughts on this guy? Outfielder, lefty, some power? Hey, yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, I was happy we didn't draft Austin Martin. I'm sure Martin will be a fine baseball player, but he just, and I don't know really how to articulate this, but he, to me he was just so boring. Um, like he, like a utility guy, like the the comps I kept on hearing with Ben Zobrist and like a guy who can play all the different positions, which does nothing for me. I'd rather have a guy who's awesome at one position than a guy who's pretty good at all these different positions. They said there's questions with his arm strength, Austin Martin. Um, they, they said he'd probably end up in center field or second base. Well, we already have a center fielder, hopefully of the future in Austin Hayes and second base um, I think is a, is a, a place where you can find. I mean, we just traded Villar away for nothing. I think you can find a second baseman. And so, like, like yes, I would like Austin Martin on my team. But with your second overall pick, I want someone who's kind of dynamic and special, not just someone who has high contact rate. Like that just doesn't excite me. Um, and yeah. and obviously, like other teams, kind of agree with me because he dropped all the way to five. Um, so I was first of all, let me say that I was happy we didn't go the Austin Martin route. Um, I was rooting for Asa Lacey, but I, I really like this guy. Um, I I like that it's someone that's different than just the piece of paper that ESPN puts out and, and projections. Because if it was all up to projections, there'd be no point in having the draft. You just run it through and say, all right, here, here's who you get. I like to think that hopefully Michael Elias, Sigmeidel, and the other guys in the warehouse and scouts that they trust no better than the guys on ESPN and the MLB Network and every Orioles blog out there that then copies those other drafts. Like I like the idea that that someone's thinking different, and I I trust Michael Elias, and I like the I, I kind of want to trust that he knows better. I don't like when people are going around and saying, "Oh, well, it's because it's it's cheaper and we're saving money," because saving money doesn't isn't a reason to right now with the Orioles money shouldn't be the concern especially with such a short draft 
of only five rounds. But I liked it. But then I started looking the guy up, and I like it. I like that he's a lefty with power. I mean, with, there's a great clip going around of him playing in Minute Maid Park, which has that deep center field, and he hits a home run deep center field, 420, no problem. I love that over with a lefty on Utah Street. I love that he's even already made comments about how he's excited to aim for Utah Street, and specifically he wants to hit the warehouse like Griffey. So that stuff excites me. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think on the money side of things, the only thing that people would argue is that if you sign up, like the whole underslot thing, then you can sign someone else. But we'll get to the second pick. They didn't go, for, like people thought, oh, they'll go for a high school pitcher yeah. and try to try to sign him instead of having to go back to college. But they didn't go with that. Right. Um, which leads me to believe what I always, I thought before that, is, and Mike Elias said this. He said, even with Carlos Correa, that's the example people use. Carlos Correa, when he was with, with um, Houston, they signed him under slot. He was supposed to go lower. They took him to the top of the draft. Um, but Michael I said about Correa, like we thought he was the best player in the draft. Like we did, we, we didn't just draft him because to save money so we could sign someone. Like we thought he was the best player in the draft. And so with this, I'm a hundred percent convinced. I mean, Michael I said it in an interview prior to the draft, Hey, we're not just going to draft an underslot guy to save money. Like, we're going to draft who we think is the best player. And so they think he is the best player available, right? There's only one guy taken above him torque and so they think he's the next best guy or they think he's the best guy um best power hitting player outside of torque um best left hitting uh, hitting power hitter um chris davis 2.0 does have some swing issues people are saying like okay some some uh some strikeout stuff but which it sounds kind of minor hitters. yeah i mean i mean we'll, we'll see how he makes the adjustment but he does sound close to major league ready um which which is exciting uh, he doesn't sound like he's going to be, you know, far off. I think he can be right there with Adley Rushman um, alongside him, and hopefully they push him through rather quickly. So, you know, we're still keeping in line with 2023 World Series prediction here. He does play a corner outfield. I don't know if he'll play left or right, but he does play and solidifies a corner outfield position for us. Hopefully a power left-handed bat. Um, so I'm excited. And Josh, to your point about um, scouts and how these people are ranked, I just think it's so hard. And it amazes me, and this is across sports, but especially with baseball, when you get high schoolers involved and small colleges involved, and it's not all televised like college football, that all these scouts all say number one is Pork, number two is Martin, number three is Ace Lacy. Like, how can everyone agree on these players when they're all insanely good? Because like, I never really understood that. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. And, and and I think like and I don't I don't know this I don't know how it how it works but ESPN well what do, what do they have a couple guys right M- Michael Elias has a whole team that this is like a year round thing for them this is what they do a whole team of people looking at it so yeah I trust I'm sorry I trust Michael Elias more than I, I trust Keith Law's um, rankings I do I trust Michael Elias because he has a whole team. Keith Law is just kind of him going off on his own. And I also kind of – that's also kind of what makes this year a little different and cool with the fact that there was not really a baseball season this year for college or for high school. So it, you're relying even more on your scouts because you're not seeing stuff this year. You're trying to project with a year off. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, and I think I love I, – I like the idea of taking a, a power hitter. Um, I like the idea of, I mean, playing in Camden Yards, that, that makes sense. A lefty makes sense. 
Um, yeah, close to close to major league ready. Which you're right with the less time, right? Less not seeing stuff from this college year. You want right. a guy who's more of a sure bet. This guy seems to be a you know um, a relatively safe pick at the top of the draft, as opposed to taking maybe a riskier pitcher. Yeah. Would you like? So, yeah. to and, and I, I like the first pick. And we have. I love that he's a college kid, so it's a faster path, which we yep, need. Yeah, he's close. We, especially when we do have pitchers in the system that will be ready about the same time as this guy. Yep. Um, would you like to hear Michael Elias try to justify it? Okay, I don't like the way you frame that. Try to justify it, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Explain his pick. All right, so kind of what we were saying, power. Uh, le- he's saying the best left-handed bat in the uh, in the draft. So, sure, yeah, that sounds and, great. And one of the things I didn't mention about Austin Martin, why all the reasons I, I don't like him. The other thing about Austin Martin is his um, agent is Scott Boris, and so that could also present a little challenge in signing him. Yep, I'm but out now. And if you're looking for extensions in the future, you just never like deal with Scott Boris. I would kind of put that a nick down on my board if I ever saw a Scott Boer's client. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, Michael Elias seems to love him. You can tell he's excited to, to talk to, uh, when he talks about him. Um, I think especially with no my, minor league season this year, hopefully he can hit the ground running next year um, did you, at single leg. Yeah, yeah. so did, I'm excited. Did you see uh, Kerstad's house was very full, lots of people. Did you see his dog? O- Oreo, yeah. Oreo, his dog. So yeah. a, f- a fitting name for uh, for the Orioles. Yeah, I, s- I saw the comp to Kyle Schwarber, which yeah. is a, we're all, a We'll nice all name. take that. We'll all love Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, I like this tweet by Aaron Fitt. Um, he said, boy, Heston Jerstad at uh, – or Kurt, Kurt Kerstad at number two overall is a neat pick. We didn't quite see it coming, but really his power tool is there is up there with Torx, and he's a corner outfielder. Looking back at the build up to this, I'm not sure why Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Kerstad didn't move more run as a top three kind of pick. So I think, yeah, I think this is the industry falling in love with Torx and Martin and Lacey, and they kind of just regurgitate themselves. Right. Um, but like Michael Elias and his team clearly thought um, that Kerstad was the best player on the board. How? Why do you think Oriole fans freaked out at this pick? Because do you think it's a knee-jerk reaction to the Orioles screw everything up and because it's not what it said on ESPN, because it was a surprise, because ESPN or MLB, I guess it was MLB Network had like the Vanderbilt coach ready to go? Uh, or is it, so is it a mistrust of the Orioles or is it the Chris Davis fear? That it's a lefty power bat that could fall apart. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot here, right? I think 
Um, a lot of people were set that Martin was going to be the guy. Dan Connolly of The Athletic, he was pissed off tonight. Pissed off. (laughs) Why? Because he had this whole article written about Martin. And so even (laughs) when Martin was drafted number five, he's like, oh, he's not an Oriole. But if you're curious about Martin, like he still put the article out there. Here's my article about Martin. So he was pissed about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, I'm sure they all are because nobody had an article ready for this guy, I'm sure. They all had articles. They were so wrong. Connolly even wrote an article yesterday saying there may be times to do underslot, but this year is not the not the year to go, to go underslot. Like everyone was shocked by this, and so I think all week—not me—I didn't fall into the sheep mentality. But most people kept on reading more and more things about Austin Martin, and kind of they're getting more pumped about it because everything they read about Austin Martin is is is, is good stuff. It's a little, but that that stuff about Chris Davis two point I get this, and I think people are a little bit surprised. Here's Michael Elias, right, who you would think values things like on-base percentage, values like, you know, swing contact rate, like might value some of these sabermetric things, um, values the versatility that a guy like him could bring. Yet he goes more traditional, left-handed power hitter strikes out some. Like he goes a little more traditional with the pick. So I think some people are surprised that this is the direction that Michael Elias went. Do you think he went the underslot route to try to be able to pull in that do you think his long-term plan was to try to get that bisco guy pitcher who, who that tampa the, bay that took because yeah. that was a surprise pick that tampa bay took him um, a few slots ahead of us but i don't think it was that much a surprise like i i read way too many mock drafts and the majority of mock drafts i read had him going before the orioles at 30 and there was another high school pitcher i think his name was kelly who people said you know if bisco gets gets taken Kelly uh, could be there, and he yes, was. Yes, I heard that as well. Um, but but we didn't go with him. So we won't. Um, so so I wouldn't be surprised if in the end we we go with Washburn. Well, and, is that his name? And uh, Elias Elias had what seven picks last year and two this year, and they've all been bats. They've all been position players. He hasn't drafted a pitcher. Yeah, for us yet. Now well, that. I th- does that mean that he has confidence about our our pitchers in the farm system? I think it does, Josh. If I would, you look at you our numbers in the minors, and and prior to this, if you look at um, what Dan Duquette did, D.L. Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, Cody Sedlock, like he invested a ton of top draft picks into pitching, um, and so and the minor leaguers. Right from Delmarva to Bowie last year, um, to Frederick, the pitching crushed it, and so my my so the but the offense wasn't there, right? So Mike Elias is looking at the lower minors, right? Because we're twenty twenty three, we're not looking at what's our AAA team, right? Twenty twenty three. The lower minors, our pitching is really good, um, and but what's not there is kind of the infielders and the outfielders, like the the bats to supplement what our starters are doing. And so the second pick by the Orioles was interesting to say the least, right. and, and I think surprised people. But. Yeah. So second pick was thirtieth uh, pick overall, first pick in the compensation round, and that was a shortstop, Jordan Westberg. Yes, out of Mississippi State. Yeah. So uh, again, a surprise because we all assumed uh, earlier tonight. I was on the Nate hit the foul pole live podcast where they were doing a live uh, draft coverage for their podcast. So I joined them for a few minutes earlier and I was very much 
in the conversation of, well, if we drafted, we, we've drafted all position players, surely we're going to draft a pitcher next. So I was surprised that we drafted a shortstop. How about you? What was your takeaway? Yeah, not surprised at all that we drafted a shortstop, not knowing much about the options at shortstop in the draft. But this is clearly a position of need. I know we went for Gunnar Henderson last year at the shortstop, but like our we ha- we lack infield depth in in, a, in our minor league system. And so from that standpoint, I'm not surprised. I was a little surprised from the standpoint of the whole argument that everyone was making. You draft under slots so you can go out and try and, and sign a high school pitcher and convince them. So from that respect, I was a little surprised. Like I would have, if we draft a college pitcher, I would have been just as surprised as a college shortstop. Like I'm a little surprised we didn't draft a high school player. Oh, that see, we would then learn. That's what excited me was that we drafted college the fact that we went with two college guys that excites me because it means like we're looking a shorter term than five six years like we're looking 2023 we seriously are with these guys yeah we are like 2023 is still in we're still on track yeah someone should make some 2023 world champion t-shirts and sell them on section 336.com i was about to black out the three and replace with the four but i don't know we're all in all in on the three Apparently, I can still keep my T-shirt. Yeah. Right. Apparently, the screwed up 2020 year is not going to affect the Orioles with the 2023 run. Yeah, and it's further evidence that the Kerstat draft pick was not about money. Right? It wasn't about yes. So you can pay more later because Washburn is not a guy that you can you're not going to pay extra for. No. Now maybe tomorrow, it, when you rounds two through five, you know they still have a few more. Picks. And those are where you're going to want to pay someone a little more to not go to college. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's where you can be a little more risky because you as because you don't want to miss on your two and even your thirty overall pick. You don't want to miss on that, right? Um, this was even like not sign or even like a high school player who turns to a bust, which so many of them do. Like this is a little more assurance that you won't miss on these guys. Yeah, totally. And this is like um, what's interesting is the trust of Michael Elias because last year we all know going into it it's Adley Rushman you could not mess that up right. but then we saw him draft guys like Gunnar Henderson which is a, I think even is very exciting to have a guy like that and that's more of this time around where it was like you drafted guys that you weren't projected to draft and weren't high up on the chart it, it's exciting because you guys are seeing something you guys have a plan it's not it's best man on your board, not whatever the masses tell us to do. Right. And and I think, yeah, and I mean, I think some, some people are like, well, what's the plan here? Could you go with this power to guys and, and they're not sure about the plan? But I think we've got the plan. We've already, we've got the pitchers in the farm system. Now let's yeah. bring the bats in. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, and I also think like Michael Elias talks about like drafting the best player available. Yeah, and and I think that's true too. Like I think these were the best. He's, I mean, the best players available. I think and, these were the best players available. Right, and it shows that he wants to have a young team where everyone on the team's young, where this team is going to come up and grow together. I think that yeah. when you bring up two guys, two college guys, and you're going to put them in with some young pitchers that have already in development. I mean. It's going to be a point where this year minor leagues are screwed up, but you're going to see these guys project the next two years, and suddenly that that they're going to all come up together, and that's exciting. Like these guys are going to be ready the same time Adley Rushman's ready. 
Yeah, and I, I do remember last year, I think even when the draft happened with Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson, I think the next guy was Kyle Stowers. Like, I think even after immediately after that draft, people had positive feedback from Michael Elias. Um, this draft, I don't know if he's going to have as much... Po- I mean, we'll see what he does tomorrow, but he might not have as much positive feedback based on this first round. But again, if you trusted Michael Elias to draft you know, well last year, you brought him in here, this is his expertise... He's not like a guy who's in the business side and someone else handles a draft. Like he is, his background is history scouting. You brought him in here to do this rebuild. You brought him in because you thought Michael Elias could scout well and draft well and do this rebuild right. Right. And so, and so here you're doing it, Michael Elias. And, and I love how it always makes me happy when general managers go against the grain, don't do what everyone thinks they're going to do. That just makes me happy because yeah. it makes everyone look dumb. And I like when people look dumb. Um, I saw, who is that? The Barstool guy. RDT? Barstool guy. No, who's the other guy? Banks. Yeah, Banks. Had like the eyeballs. I had breaking news like three hours before the draft. Orioles would draft Austin Martin. I mean, that guy looks like a, like, like an, like a moron right now for, for saying that, right? Like, and well, I, I love, I, I love mean, when they do that. The, Barstool does think, that crap all the time. Yeah, I know. I know. And sometimes, and like, and even when he said it, he was like, he was saying what everybody else thought was true. So like, whatever. He just went out and, and like acted like he had insider information, yes. which clearly he didn't. Right. Um, so it's just silly. Um, and I like it when people like that are made to look silly. Right. All right. In 2023, Adley Rushman's behind the plate. Um, this Kirsten guy is in right field. Who yes, is in, who is at shortstop? In 2023? In 2023. Jordan Westberg or Gunnar Henderson? Or Richie Martin. Yeah, it's not Richie Martin. <laughs> it's Richie Martin? Maybe Richie Martin can be on the bench as a utility guy. But all right, last year and this year we drafted shortstops. Both look like exciting players. Uh, is this a case where one of them moves to second base, one of them moves to third base? Yeah, uh, I, I forget. I got to go back and look up Gunnar Henderson. I think it was, he's kind of big for shortstop. Um, this guy Westberg is six foot three, so also a little bit bigger. So I think one of these guys, if you, if Westberg and Henderson both, I mean, it's, it's far from guarantee, right? But if they both turn into be everyday major players, one of them could. Moved to third base, and one of them could stick at shortstop. All right, I'm seeing BaseballSavant.com has written a story that they're concerned about Gunnar Henderson at, at shortstop and that they're going to have to move him over to the third base. So okay, that could, there. Be, that could easily then be the plan is move Gunnar to short to third, this Westbrook guy to short, because obviously we're going to assume that every pick the Orioles uh, draft works out and they become a star. And they're yeah. part of the 2023 World Series champs. You know what I also like that uh, Kerstad has a position as right for the left field. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of Ryan Mountcastle's position talk. That's what I'm tired of. Well, yeah, because he doesn't have a position. Yeah, and that's what I felt like. Even with little with Austin Martin, there's questions of his arm strength. There's big like, can he play a third? Probably can't play short. Like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. Like, Chance Cisco improve his def- – like, give me a guy who you know has defensive position 
And let's go with that guy over this nonsense about positioning and improving your position defensively. Like Ryan Mountcastle in that 20-23, Josh, in that scenario, where's Ryan Mountcastle playing? Is he in left field? Is he at first base? Is I he just a DH I think only? Is he at I second base? I think he's DH at that position. I think, I think he is down to a DH. I don't think he has a position that he can stick around in. Um, I thought it was really interesting for the Tigers. They drafted Spencer uh, Torkelson, which we all like that's the first person's always obvious. So we all knew that was coming. If he slipped by the Orioles would have grabbed him. But uh I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was very interesting that they announced him as a third baseman. Yeah, that's because, the nonsense I'm talking about. Because he's never that's played That's a Ryan Matcaus situation. Yeah, he's never played third base in his life. He's a he first did it baseman. for some kind of what, summer league or something? There was some different league yeah. he played in. Yeah, but are you going to announce Chris Davis pitcher? No. No, so that's that's the crap. Is the the Tigers drafted him and it's like what? Are you embarrassed to say that he, that he's going to be a first baseman? Why would you try to move him? You want that guy's got an awesome bat. You want to get that bat in the lineup. You want to put him where he's comfortable. You stick him at first base and let him play, and then you figure out third base. Yeah, it's just a weird. I don't. You're totally right on that whole uh, fake positions or non positions. It yeah. sucks. Like you never want to hear. Oh, he's got a bat, but we can't find a spot to put him in the game. That doesn't work. Yeah, and then the whole conversation becomes like Ryan Mancastle. Like people ignore the guy's like awesome with his bat, and you have this whole debate over. But like that's gonna be Spencer Torkelson. Like, how is his room at third base? Does he need to spend more time at third base? Right. I mean, I think um, I think that Kurt 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 was actually a center fielder. I don't know what he was he's, he was drafted as. Did they call him a left footer, right fielder? Uh, they just called him an outfielder, but Michael Elias pictures him in right field. Yeah, but I think in college he played center field. But that's also kind of where your best outfielder is going to be in center field. It's kind of like high school players. A lot of times they'll draft shortstops in high school, but then they'll move them to other positions. Right, but my point is just because you draft a player as a position doesn't mean that position is the position that they're going to play. Yes. But it is weird, like in football, if Lamar Jackson was drafted as a wide receiver, he would still be drafted as, like, listed as a quarterback, right? Like, you would announce him as the quarterback. Yes. Uh, you, well, you wouldn't announce him as wide receiver from Louisville, right? You would announce uh, him as quarterback. Yeah. Or be- would you? I believe, yeah, I think you're still drafted at whatever position you're dra- you play in, in college when you're drafted. Yeah, like... Torgerson was drafted as a first baseman. Right. Now the Detroit's going to move him to third. That's yeah, fine. But it was it's weird, weird to, to be announce. drafted as a third baseman when you don't play right. third in college. Right. Like we didn't draft Ryan Mountcastle and say, Ryan Mountcastle, DH. Yeah, he was shortstop. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I But yeah, I'm glad that you and I are on the same page on this. Uh, we disagree with enough it, stuff. It, it's an Elias we trust, baby. Yeah. And I, I was telling the guys on uh, that other podcast earlier today. Um, uh, Nate hit the foul pole yeah. with Matt Pine and I'm um, blanking on the other guy's name. Sorry. Uh, but I was telling them, I totally trust Michael Elias. Now, yes, I have no other choice. So I have to because it's Orioles or nothing, you know. But I actually buy into this. I really do think, and I'm all in on Orioles 2023. Yeah, and and listen, this is how Michael Elias be judged, right? Because Michael Elias doesn't have the trade chips to add a bunch of talent. The way he has that talent is through international signing and draft picks. Yeah. So if he misses, like if Kerstat is a swing and a miss, 
that's kind of I mean that's a huge blow for Hammond for this franchise. Right. And so like this is this is it. Um yeah. if we still don't have baseball in a few weeks, let's put together the 2023 Orioles team based based on our minor leagues and right. uh, position some people a- out. We'll make yeah. our projections. And we'll put it in the vault and bust it out in 2023 to see how wrong we were. Oh, we totally will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But you know what? As long as we're right about that World Series, I don't care. That's right. But it is. It's easier to predict a guy like Rutschman and a guy like um, Kurt Kerstad over a guy like Hunter Harvey, for example, or Dylan Bundy, guys who are drafted out of high school. It's easier to project a guy who's already close to to majorly ready, even if like you don't know if Adley Rushman will be, you know, the greatest catcher of all time, or if he's going to be Matt Wieters, um, or worse. Um, I didn't mean to make a slide of Matt Wieters. He's Matt Wieters all star catcher, but like you know, Matt Wieters is going to be an everyday catcher, and you know Adley Rushman's going to be an everyday catcher, and you know Chris that's going to be an everyday outfielder. It's just a question of how good. And that's ultimately how Michael Elias will be judged, right? Can he draft, you know, all-star, franchise-changing, Hall of Fame players? Because to get to the World Series and win the World Series, you got to have some Hall of Fame-type players to do that. Right. And right now, the Orioles have no Hall of Fame-type players on their major league roster. Yeah. So. Well, what do we have to tomorrow? Work. We have tomorrow's draft is the next five or the next four rounds. So we have. It's t- it's two through five, yeah. Two through five. Uh, what do we have? Three picks or five picks during that? I guess uh, three. Three? Three more? Yeah. All right, because there's still lots of, there's lots of pitchers available. So uh, maybe we'll add some pitchers tomorrow. Yeah, but again, Josh, even if we didn't add a single pitcher, which I don't think is inconceivable with only five rounds, even if we didn't draft a single pitcher, um, I think our pitching is still looking good in the minors. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm very happy with the pitching in the minors. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got uh, for tomorrow, I'm sorry, we have four more picks. We got the 39th pick overall. Um, so that'd be one of the first picks, the second pick tomorrow. Um, and then we got the 74th pick, the 103rd pick, and the 133rd pick. Yeah, because we got rounds two through five tomorrow. Because um, we had round one and then the compensation round today. You're right. You're right. So that'll be so, four more. Yeah. So we have rounds two through five. So that's four more picks, one in each round. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can add some talent. Yeah, it's always fun to see the uh, players on Twitter checking in as well. From uh, as far as like um, like Trey Mancini tweeting excited about the guys that they drafted and Adley Rushman excited about. Uh, about who they've got, so that's always fun. Yeah, and even Blaine Knight, I guess, a pitcher for the minor in the minor leagues for the Orioles. Um, you know, he tweeted out because he actually pitched against Kerstad and how much how scared he was to pitch against Kurt, Kurt Kerstad. Um, and I, I think I told you this, uh, Ben McDonald. I, I was thought talk, was, I thought Blaine Knight was from Arkansas. weren't they on the same team? Oh, I thought no, I didn't think they were. I thought they played in the same conference. Yeah, no, no, Blaine Knight and were in the same team, and uh, Kershaw were on the same. But yeah, okay. Ben, ben McDonald called this days ago that he yeah. wanted this guy. Yeah, he said how much he, he he liked this guy, and so yeah, it just seems. I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited about our offense. 
Brett Rushman and Kerstad with Mancini, Mountcastle. Like that's it's starting to sound like kind of a legit offense. Oh, totally. I mean, and then when you got uh, what DL Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, all these guys that we've had that we've got in the farm system that we can get really excited for, it's going to be great. Can't wait. What, what are we I doing? know it just it does reiterate and kind of remind me how much the season sucks because I was so pumped to go watch DL Hall pitch and watch Grayson Rodriguez pitch, um, and to see if other players like Keegan Aiken could make the next jump. And see how Dean Kramer performed. So it annoys me that we're not able to see all these young pitchers. Right. And um, yeah, um, I want to know. Like, yeah, that's my question: is with us out of season of minor league baseball, how are these guys developing? What are they doing? How are they working together? You know. And I've got lots of questions about that. About how much of a lost year is this year? Because it sure seems like a lost year for development. And I guess first we got to get major league baseball back. And I would imagine at that same point they can try to do something with in minor leagues in their spring training facilities or something. I would assume you got to do something to get them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, but the the future is bright. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, something else I'm curious about is you know when you look at the Orioles' top prospects, where Kerstat kind of fits into that. Um, certainly yeah. would not go above Adley Rushman, but 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 what 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 would he be the Orioles' um, number two overall prospect? I don't know. Uh, I would think. I mean, he's got to be in the top five. That's oh, I'm yeah, trying to pull up. the Orioles' top prospects right now. Let's see. It's Rushman, Rodriguez, Hall, Mountcastle, Hayes. Like he certainly jumps up as the second right. best hitting prospect. Like he's, he's that, above Mountcastle. Right. He's he's the second best hitting. The question is, I don't really know where you they fit in with those pitchers. With Rodriguez and Hall. Yeah, right. and Rodriguez. Worse, it's probably four. yeah. It's probably Rushman, Rodriguez, Hall, Kirsten, and I guess Mountcastle. Yeah. Because in a lot of lists. Rushman and Rodriguez, and all this Rushman and Rodriguez are top 100. Some people have Hall also in top 100. So that means you're right. adding another top 100, I would assume, another top 100 prospect. Yeah, I would assume so. And, and, yeah. and like these, this is pretty cool. I've never noticed that the MLB.com prospect rankings list their ETA. So right. Adley Rushman, 2021. Grayson Rodriguez, 2022. DL Hall, 2021. Um, Gunnar Henderson, 2023, Diaz, 2021, Bowman, 2020, Creamer, 2020, Lowther, 2020. Clearly those things aren't happening. I doubt those 2020 guys are showing up, uh, but maybe so. But anyway, it all points to 2023, which is great. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It could be because, because most of those guys were top three guys. Adley, Grayson, and Dia Hall, they're top, they, they, they're single-A guys. They haven't never played above single-A ball. Right. So they still got to go through the whole system. Right. So and that's true for Kerstad, too. He'll, throw, he'll be right into that 2021-2022 mix. Yeah, right, right. That 2022 now, because of this year, might be a 2022. But still, you get most of these guys up by 2022. They can gel Get the team ready for 2023. It's going to be exciting. It's a great time to be an Oriole fan. Now's the time to jump on this bandwagon. Yeah. So. Now if we could just see these young players play. Right. 
Now, if you and, and Josh, I'm with you. You tweeted this out a couple of days ago. I'm with you. I would rather them pay the minor leaguers, you know, hundred thousand dollars each. Oh yeah, and have them play. I don't the season, and I'll just watch them play totally. for less money than these stupid rich millionaire major leaguers play. As, especially as an Oriole fan, where I do not yeah. care at all about the major league teams. I would love to see some minor league baseball right now. Oh, yeah. If you could play one and cancel the other, I'd rather the major league team be canceled and just and watch the Orioles minor leagues. And minor league players are not part of the players' union. So I don't know why the MLB has not just said, okay, we'll just work on development this year. And then yeah. guess what? I have the e- owners, yeah. ESPN is desperate for content. Guess what they'll put on their big screens? Your minor league players. Guess what, whose name recognition is going to get out there? You're in minor league players. Yeah. So totally, like, forget about if you want to get past all this whining and everything, then just focus on the future. And I don't know if doing something like that would would upset the players' union enough that it would be like scabs uh, if they would look at these minor league players and uh, if there's some like the you know major league players are taking care of minor league players and stuff, so if there's something there, but yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I hope the Orioles bring up a ton. I don't. We all know the Orioles are going to suck this year. If it's 50 games, please just bring up a whole bunch of young guys that we can at least check out and have something exciting about. I guess. I mean, at this point, if it's 50 games, I don't care if they bring up a single young player because I'll just be excited to have baseball back. Even oh, totally. watching bombs, totally. Richie Martin, and so just keep all those players in the minors. We want to lose anyway, so don't bring up talented players. I and saw. Let's just go get uh, Kumar Rock or whatever his name is. <laughs> Kumar Rock. Yeah, Who's is that Kumar the guy? Rock? Kumar Rocker, isn't that the, the guy's name? Got a Vanderbilt is going to be the number one pick oh, next okay. year. Gotcha, gotcha. Next year, I haven't looked that yeah. far ahead. Um, you see, NASCAR is going to start allowing fans back in stands. Very soon, either this weekend or next weekend, they're allowing fans back in stands. With or without Confederate flags? Uh, no Confederate flags. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I think that's an interesting move and gives me hope that uh, maybe baseball can get some fans. Maybe we do get to go to Camden Yards sometime this year. Okay. To, to see a baseball game? Yeah, to see a baseball game. <laughs> Not for All a right. concert. There's probably supposed to be concerts there too, but I mean for a baseball game. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see them have a baseball season first. I know. I know. I feel like that. Yeah, that's got a lesser of a chance. Yeah. All right. All right. So we'll we'll tune in tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll get some. I don't know. I don't care. Just more talent. Do your thing, Mike Elias. Yeah. It was fun on Twitter tonight to see all the Orioles Twitter back and be able to be on Twitter and talk about something as uh, stupid as baseball. Yeah, and just as cynical and negative as ever. So that's good to see too. Back in we're mid Orioles Twitter is in mid season form right now. I love it. Right. Well I think again, we all it's been a tough three months on, on Twitter and especially the past two weeks it's been really tough on social media to have go on there and try like you can't really use, there's not a whole lot of uh funny memes you've been able to use on Twitter the past two weeks. Yeah. So it's fun to just be, have enjoy social media again. But can you imagine you social media has been miserable for all this time, 
Now there's finally something exciting about baseball. And you're an Orioles fan and you're so pumped about Austin Martin and you got your tweet ready to go. And then they, they draft this guy you never heard of. And then all of a sudden this you know, beautiful I Twitter moment is ruined for you again. I haven't checked. Are, is there protesting in Baltimore now because of the draft pick? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone's gone that far. But I did see, I did see, um, I did see, what was that guy's name? Uh, Nightingale, who tweeted, you see when they took the the guy of Chicago, the African-American shortstop, Chicago uh, Cubs drafted him. Right. And like he tweeted something about like, the Chicago Cubs are putting their money where their mouth is, like by drafting an African-American player. Like, this is why they drafted him. Like that, it's, no. it's just, I will it's say, funny. We talked last week about how kind of what was, when we did not stick to sports at the beginning, talked about how what was missing was having that conversation like offline with people yeah. and like i said i did get to go to church this week and uh not big church but church with like a dozen people to put it together and was able to have those conversations and it was like i was like sat there having a conversation with a bunch of uh with a mix all types of races and stuff sitting around talking and i was like this is totally what's missing we're right like, yeah twitter has and destroyed this Right, and you have the same interaction over Twitter, and it becomes toxic, right? right. It's not the same. Right, yeah. instead I go to church and I like listen to a black woman share about the struggles her son has and stuff uh, as, a, as a teenager right now in, in Florida, where I don't know the politics of Florida very well yet, um, but I know it's different than Maryland, and still to hear it is like one of those things where it's like, we can't, you can't have this conversation on social media. So like, right. I know you're not. I know we're all supposed to be social distancing and all, but I also know Maryland's opening up. So go out and like find places to have those conversations, like face to face, makes a huge difference. Right. This is what I tell my high schoolers when they sometimes seem cl- closed-minded. I was like, well, first of all, I'm older than you, and, and and part of that means I've had the opportunity to just meet interesting people, to go different places than, than you have, and the more you meet new p- people, the more you meet diverse people, the more you go to diverse places. And different places, the I think the the more you understand the world you live in, better. And and when you're isolated, right? And you and you go and you only go have contact with human beings on social media, where you follow people who support what you think, and you, it just like this becomes this, I don't know, just unhealthy um, regurgitation of of your beliefs, and you're never challenged on your assumptions, yeah. and you never grow, and you never yeah experience other other things and it's right. just it's yeah it's not a healthy way to be yeah. i don't know what the uh i don't know what the current health conversation is but i'd advise that it's time for everyone to get out of their basements and go talk to people yeah if you're really scared wear a mask while you talk to people right right so all right well uh matt did mike elias crap the bed crap the bed i'll tell you i'll tell you in four years <laughs> okay All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. 
it, they take care of everything distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.